is coming up now on Established in the Faith. When you place your faith in what Jesus did at Calvary and His blood washes you and cleanses you, you are as clean, you are as perfect as a person can be. God does not look at what you are. He looks at what you're going to be through and by the precious blood of His Son, Jesus Christ. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. have your Bibles this morning, would you turn with me please to the book of 2 Kings. The book of 2 Kings chapter 2. 2 Kings chapter 2, uh, move down if you will to verse 4. And Elijah said unto him, Elisha, tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he said, As the Lord liveth, and as my soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they came to Jericho. And I want to continue with the subject we started last week, Elisha's journey to Jericho. As the Lord was to take Elijah up into heaven, the Lord had him to go to a number of prominent places in Israel's history. Jericho was one of those places, and Elisha was determined to go with him. If you'll look there in verse 4, Elijah said to Elisha, tarry here, the Lord has sent me. And, you know, in these verses, he's going to different places, but he's telling Elisha to stay here. But Elisha was determined And when it comes to the things of God, ladies and gentlemen, we have to be persistent. We have to be consecrated, dedicated. The persistent soul possesses the blessing. Now, we got on that a little bit last week. Mainly the message was all about that. I didn't really get into the bulk of the message last week because the Lord took it in a little bit different direction. But we have to be persistent in the things of God. We have to make up our minds that no matter what comes our way, we're not going to stop, we're not going to quit, we're not going to back down, we're not going to back away. We're going to press in to the things of God. A dear brother was sharing a word of testimony with me a few weeks ago, and He told me how sick he had been, and this had been some years ago now. So sick, so bad off, he couldn't hardly move. And one Sunday morning, he got up, and it was bad. It was just awful. And he was determined to go to that church and have the pastor and the elders of the church to anoint him with oil and pray over him. 
And this he had done several times, but he was nothing bettered. But on this particular Sunday morning, he made up his mind, I'm going to go, and I'm going to get my blessing. I'm going to get my healing. And when he walked in that church, he was a little bit late that Sunday. And they anointed him with oil and prayed over him, and God touched him and healed him right there in the service. Now, why didn't God touch that man and heal him all the other Sundays he had been up? I I don't know. I don't have the answer to that. But I do know that we have to be persistent. The Lord wants us to keep going to Him. See, every Sunday morning when we close out the service, we have a hymn of invitation. And we get the idea that that is just for individuals out in the congregation that might have sinned. And if I go up there, everybody's going to think I've committed some heinous sin and whatever, and I don't want to make a spectacle of myself. Well, the altar call into the service, that's for people to come up and get saved. Folks, this altar is for whatever it is that you need. It ain't got to be for sin. It could be for sickness. It could be to pray for a lost loved one. It could be to come forward and stand in on behalf of someone else that are not able to be here. But you would like to come forward and be anointed with oil and pray to That's what that time is for, ladies and gentlemen. You've got something on your heart, something heavy on your heart, and you want to bring it before the Lord. You say, well, Brother James, I can pray about it right here. Yeah, you can stay home and pray about it too. But that man was determined, and he pressed in, and he said, I'm going to that church today, despite the pain, despite the hurt, I'm going to that church today, and I'm going to get my blessing. And you know what else? If I don't get it, that's going to be all right. I'm going back next Sunday. I'm going to keep pressing in till I get my blessing, because healing is in the cross. If you'll believe God forward and press in. And Elisha knew that Elijah was going to be taken away. He wanted, to, he wanted to see that. He knew the Lord was coming for him. And he didn't want to miss it. Folks, let me tell you, we're living in the last days. And the Lord is coming for us. And you don't want to miss that for anything either. Are you hearing me today? You don't want to miss it for the world. Elisha said, as the Lord liveth and as my soul liveth, I will not leave thee. Make up your mind that you're not going to stop. You're going to keep pressing in to the blessings of God. You know, Jacob wrestled with God all night to the breaking of the day. The Lord said, let me go. I got to go. And Jacob said, I'm not letting you go. I ain't letting you go till you bless me. And God touched him and blessed him, changed his name from Jacob to Israel, changed his name from deceiver to prince with God, changed his name. That was the blessing. The Bible says that they came to Jericho, Second Kings 2 and verse 4. Jericho was the first city that Israel would come against 
as they entered into the promised land. It was a fortified city. The wall surrounded the place. Huge thing. Absolutely impenetrable. And it stood between Israel and all that God had promised them. All of us, at one time or the other, or even right now as you listen to me this morning, there's a wall in your way. It stands between you and what God ultimately has for you. There's something good for you on the other side of the wall, but there's a wall there that's keeping you from God's best. It could be a wall of sin. It could be a wall of sickness. The list goes on and on. What, what is that wall that stands between you and God's best? On your own, it's absolutely impenetrable. Israel could not get through that wall of Jericho to possess the land. Oh, but God had a plan. God had a plan. And let me tell you something this morning. The wall that you are facing, God's got a plan. That plan had no military function at all. Served no military purpose at all. It was simply do what God said do. The walls that are in our way today, God has a plan, God has a way, and that way is faith in Christ and what he did at the cross. When you place your faith in God's plan, listen to me, when you place your faith in God's plan, the wall will come tumbling down. I said the wall will come tumbling down. Glory to God. He told Joshua, I want you to have seven priests to take seven trumpets. And I want the priest to take the ark of God, and I want you to go around this wall one time for the next six days. On the seventh day, I want you to go around the wall seven times, blowing the seven trumpets with the seven priests. We, we see the number seven being used here in Joshua chapter 6 over and over again. Seven is God's number of perfection, completion, and universality. The seven priests, the seven trumpets going around the wall seven times, all of that, ladies and gentlemen, pointed to the cross. It pointed to what Jesus would do for us at the cross, and God's number seven is a number of perfection, a number of completion, a number of universality. Perfection because what he did was a perfect work. And when you place your faith in what Jesus did at Calvary, you are perfect. You said, well, Brother James, now hold, hold on a minute. You don't know what I did this morning. You don't know what I did this week, Brother James. 
I don't care what you did, if you brought it before the Lord and you repented of it and asked God to forgive you of it in the sight of God, you're perfect. I got a little trouble with that, Brother James. Well, let me tell you this. God cannot accept anything into heaven that's less than perfect. Oh, y'all, let me preach out here in the parking lot. I said God cannot accept anything any less than perfect. And when you place your faith in what Jesus did at Calvary and His blood washes you and cleanses you, you are as clean, you are as perfect as a person can be. God does not look at what you are. He doesn't look at what you've done. He looks at what you're going to be through and by the precious blood of His Son, Jesus Christ. Has the blood been applied to the doorpost of your heart? When he sees that blood, he said, I'll pass over you. You're perfect. You're washed. You're cleansed. What Jesus did at Calvary was a perfect work. And when you place your faith in it, you are perfect. Now, we've got all kind of hang-ups and problems. That's why he sent the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, to help us with these things. Perfect work. What Jesus did at Calvary was a completed work. When Jesus died on Calvary, he said, right before he died, he said, it is finished. Your salvation is finished. It does not require anything else to be done on your part other than to believe. Are you hearing me? All you've got to do is believe it. And when you believe it, the Holy Spirit will come into your life and then he'll tell you, do this, do that, don't do that, don't do whatever. The Holy Spirit will start to work in your life. If you try to add to what Jesus did, then Christ becomes of no effect unto you. Well, Brother James, I've got to do this to be saved. I believe in Christ and what he did, but, but I can't eat any pork, Brother James. Well, you poor thing. I'll eat your portion. What Jesus did at Calvary was a completed work. Whenever you say, I'm saved, but you got to do this, you've got to do that, you're adding to what Jesus did at Calvary. Actually, what you're saying is what he did was not enough. And Paul warned us about that in Galatians. What Jesus did at Calvary was a universal work. It's for all mankind. No matter what their language is, what their culture is, what their nationality is, what the color of their skin is, Jesus Christ died for every single human being. It's a universal work. Seven. You see it over and over again in Joshua chapter 6. Perfection, completion, universality. It pointed to the cross. Those priests were followed by some other priests who were bearing up the ark of God. The ark of God represents the presence of God. Oh, how we need the presence of God today. We need the presence of God in our lives. We need the presence of God in our churches. We need the presence of God in our nation today. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. And could grace and mercy, we're living in a big do-nothing age. 
can't get nobody to do nothing. I'm going to leave that alone. The presence of God can tear down any wall that's between you and the blessings of God. And let me tell you this, he inhabits the praises of his people. There's not a wall of hell too big or too strong that my God can't handle. Are you hearing me? Jesus told the disciples, Matthew 16, verse 18. He said, upon this rock, what is the rock? Who Jesus is and what he would do at Calvary. He said, upon this rock rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it the church is not going down the church is not going to be dragged through the mud the church is going to be victorious because of what the book says and let me tell you the true church of Jesus Christ is going to be called up to meet the Lord in the air when the trump of God sounds the gates of hell will not prevail against it Joshua chapter 6 verse 20 flip over there if you will look up there on the screen you'll see it Joshua 6 verse 20 the Bible says that when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, that they shouted with a great shout. When they heard the sound of the trumpet, they shouted with a great shout. This was a proactive shout. You get that? A proactive shout. It wasn't a reactive Shout, it was a proactive shout. The wall hadn't fell down yet, but they were shouting before the wall fell down. See, today we got it all backwards. We might shout a little bit when somebody gives a word of testimony that they got touched, they got healed. We might, we might shout a little bit. Where is the shout at in our churches today? We can't even get much of a reactive shout, let alone a proactive one. Oh, we'll shout about our team that wins. We'll, we'll shout when the start, stock market goes up and you've got some stocks. I don't have any stocks, so I don't shout about that any. Some of you may. I don't know. We've lost our shout today. Both reactive and proactive. Where's our shout at today? When was the last thing when was the last time you got excited about the things of God? I mean, good grace and mercy. We'll we'll go to the ball game and we'll stand up and hoop and holler, but yet we'll come to church and sit there like a bump on a log and you never say amen. You never say praise God. You, you're just not excited about the things of God. Where's our shout at today? We've talked about the proactive shout, the reactive shout. 
We understand the reactive shout, something good, you win the lottery. Publisher's clearinghouse comes knocking on your door. We, we understand the shout. We understand the shout there. We understand when, 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 when X amount of money is given to the church. And it's a big lump sum. All we shout about, we understand the reactive shout, the proactive shout, shouting before something happens. That's, that's a shout of faith that something's going to happen. Some of you under the sound of my voice right now, you've got cancer. The doctor's told you something and it's not good. And, and unless the Lord touches you, your days are limited here. It's time to shout. It's time to shout. If you're saved, it's time to shout. Well, Brother James, the doctor says I'm going to die. Well, if you're saved, you're going to heaven. you got something to shout about. Glory to God. we got something to shout about today. Back years ago, there was a commercial over television. The lady put some crystal glasses in her dishwasher. And the dishwasher did its thing. And when it was done, she opened them up and pulled the little glasses out. And you could see spots all over them. And then they could pulled it right up to the camera real close. The product they were trying to sell. Shout. Shout. And the announcer says, when you've washed your dishes and they come out with spots all over them, you shout. Shout. Glory to God. When the devil comes against you, and he leaves spots all over you. Just shout. Just shout it out. Glory to God. Just shout it out. Shout it out. Some of you need to use a proactive shout of faith today at, at the wall that you're facing, at the spots that you're facing, that whatever it is that you're facing today. You need to shout it out because God's still on his throne. He's got it all under control. When you look around you and everything around you is out of control, God is still in control. And we serve a mighty God that's able to do all things. Those people shouted. Shouted with a great shout, the Bible says, and that wall fell down flat. How, how do you picture that? The wall fell down flat. Do you picture a scene of chaos and debris laying everywhere, bricks laying everywhere, and God's people trying to run in to take the city, and they're stumbling over debris in the way, and people getting hurt and whatever the case do you, do you picture a scene like that? i tell you how I picture it. I picture it like the two big gigantic hands of God just got right on top of that wall and pushed it right down into the ground. 
right straight down into the ground. Well, I don't know about that, Brother James. You don't think God can push down a wall like that? My God's able to do anything. The Bible says it fell down flat. Brother James, I ain't never thought about that. God's able. Them two mighty hands are able to do anything. And those two mighty hands are for you. Let me tell you this. Those two mighty hands were nailed to a cross 2,000 years ago. And he took the sin of the whole world upon his back. And he removed that wall of sin so that you and I can go through into the promised land. (laughs) Glory to God. Glory to God. They went in and possessed the land. I'm still not done with this message. I'm still not done with the message. There's another miracle that took place there in Jericho. And it was greater than the wall that came tumbling down. And you say, well, well, Brother James, what is it? Come on back next week and I'll tell you. today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. Hello, I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. That's right, girls. And every Sunday morning, we have Sunday school starting at 9 o'clock and worship service at 10, as well as Bible study and prayer meeting every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. All of these services are broadcast to the parking lot for those of you who wish to participate drive-in style. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMED community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.